What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 74 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Lola's over here, too. Lola-ing around, as Lola, she does. Lola around. Lola, Lola gagging. Lola gagging. Lola gagging. Gotcha. Yeah, sounds sexy. It does sound. Yeah, yeah it does it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm with that. Anyways, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about video games and all the things we love. You can find it over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, where every Monday through Thursday, a topic's broken out. And thanks to you, we're now over 200,000 subscribers. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, E3 was awesome. Got a lot of growth there. Put out a lot of videos. 65 videos. Oh, doctor. They all performed really well. You guys they surprised you. They, it was surprising how well they performed. Um, that was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, please give us feedback. Let us know what you want more of or less of next year at E3. And for just conventions going forward like this. There's not too many things like E3, but there's Paris Games Week, Gamescom. Sure. I think I'd like to do uh, the talking over the press conference bits. Oh, nice. Because no, people, people like that, that a lot. They like that, yeah. And... Um, you know, if something crazy happens, like Crash Bandicoot, you know, you get that reaction being announced. Then you get me freaking the fuck out. It was a really funny three. It was really good. It was. Oh my god, it was an excellent E three. Yeah, I came. I was thinking about it last night. I couldn't sleep. I was just like, man, last week E three yeah. happened. It happened. It happened, and when it was amazing. When we were driving, by, when we were driving years. out to the airport, we drove past the convention center. And I just had that deep sigh, like it's over. It happened so fast, and it all went smoothly for the most part. It was yeah. Great. No, it was great. I mean, I, I can't believe all the announcements, all the trailers, all the everything. I thought it was just like a, it revitalized E3 for me. I mean, I, I'm always in love with E3, but yeah. like this year I was just like, yeah, this shit yeah. going nowhere. This I, shit's here to stay. I gotta say with the talking over the, the, the talking over the press conference thing was the only thing I didn't like doing because I felt like I was being watched watching something else. Like I was, if I was in a you focus were. group, I didn't like it. Cause like I like to like take my notes. Yeah. Cause people like look at like I have the same when I'm watching something or listening or paying attention to something. I have the same static look on my face and not sad or happy. I'm just indi- I'm indifferent. I'm listening, and everyone's like, look at how sad or disappointing. I'm, like, I'm just trying to listen to what they're saying to me. So I'd- you cracked a smile when I freaked out. No, no, I did. Like Greg, who just sat there stoic and then talked <sighs> shit. Great. Immediately. Crash Bandicoot. Man. Yeah, we can't wait for more. We can't wait to play those three games. They Let's very run well. at the camera uh, some more. I'm not even going to do it. I, 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 do, I am interested just a bit, as a tangential kind of thing with the Crash remasters. They said from the ground up. I don't believe for a second that those games are being remade. I think a lot of people think that like they're like they're going to be given the ratchet and clank treatment. No, it's not. It's not. There's been no. there's been a lot of rumblings, a lot of interviews going off here and there, like random little sources. He said from the ground up. That's a direct quote, but it's not. What they're doing is it. they're going in like they did with the Uncharted section where it is being remade from the ground up like game wise, but it's not. Ratchet and Clank. It is just a up-res. We'll probably get the widescreen. I'm hoping for an orchestrated soundtrack. Like how we, are they going to do? I wonder how they're thing. even going to do widescreen. This is what I'm interested in. Like how they can't. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. No reason to. All you do is run straight at the camera the whole not goddamn true. game. That's not. That's, You're right. Sometimes the camera's behind you. Yeah. You run down a very small corridor. A lot and you of jump it, and you're you running get blown left up. To right. You yeah. guys. You know. You've made me. You've convinced me that these aren't good games. But then I'm like, no, fuck. You guys are wrong. You guys okay. are straight up wrong about this. Okay. I've been like. The internet is ablaze with excitement for these games, and when of they come back, they're ablaze for the. Ex- the internet's very easy to please. No, it's not. Very easy to please with or these big announcements in so many ways. Sure, and, and, and when they come out and mm-hmm. they play them again, then you see the other side. No, nah, these are fine. If all the the classic platformers of the the Super Nintendo Genesis era can stand up, like the the Disney games and all the other floating games that are fucking awesome, this shit stands up too. 
Like, are they? Is it Mario? No, it's not Mario. No, of course it's not Mario. Yeah, no, but, but it's fucking. Awesome. But you have to be careful with the like what you ask for with these games too. With like, um, I was not always, but when Mega Man Nine was released, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, why isn't this in widescreen? And then of course it changes the whole balance of the gameplay. Like the bullets stay on the screen longer, and so you can't fire quicker and stuff like that. So there's got to be reason. Like, and the game's rendered in a specific way. I don't know that they're gonna be able to get those games into widescreen unless they zoom in or something. Um, which they're not going to be able to do either. So I, I, I think, think I think what you're going to get is up part comes in. I think on. you're going to get. I think you're going to get. But they're made within the frame of the. Uh, I don't know. I, I've this ex, the, the excitement about Crash Bandicoot. I've never. I never understood Crash Bandicoot. So I'm not going to pretend like a I lot do of now, people but, do. Well, clearly, all three of them. He had a, in 1998, 1999, he had a higher Q score than Mario, um, which was a significant thing back in the day. It still is significant, but way more significant back then. He he had a. Everyone knew who Crash Bandicoot was. So I was definitely the minority on that. Those games sold huge, but I I just feel like. To the point about new Crash Bandicoots, which you're never going to get unless this sells very well. So people should go support this put this, shit. their money this, down on these. This is exactly what I wanted. I've spoken about this many times now, but like I didn't I don't want a Crash 4 yet. I want these to come out. I want the remastered, the three good games. You want them revitalized. You want them revitalized. back in public opinion. Let's get people care about them. Pe- have people understand what makes Crash special, special and then go forward and give us a new one then. Because or else we're just going to get a new crash and it's going to suck. We all know that that would just suck. Yeah. So um, there was a, a great like documentary video essay that just came out. Look it up on YouTube. It's Crash Bandicoot Decline of an Icon. I think it's called. It came, came out in the last week. And uh, surprised you even watch it. Forgot his name. What do you mean? What? You're such you just keep drinking the Crash Kool-Aid. Surprised you even oh, watch no this. Goddamn Crash Kool-Aid. The truth. It's, it's awesome. It's like a 15 minute thing that kind of dissects what happened to Crash and why it went from good games to horrible games. Yeah. And I really, really fascinating stuff. And I didn't realize how well the original Crash game sold. Oh, all yeah, three, all three games, top 10 mm-hmm. best selling PlayStation one games. All three of them sold more than Final Fantasy seven. Mm-hmm. Bam. They're Crash all, was a big deal. Over 10 million copies sold. I think. Mm-hmm. The the yeah, Crash Bandicoot was huge. They turned those games around really quickly, too. And the other thing, too, as they did back then. The other thing that this video reminded me, and I, as I, I played a little bit this weekend, I was I had to. There was a jittery about sure. the whole thing. Everyone's like, "Oh, crashes this, this '90s relic and stuff." The like marketing was a '90s relic. Crash himself is like a Looney Tune thing. He's sure. like goofy and aloof and stuff. He's not like I'm fucking rad and cool. Like, yeah, his like idol pose. He does the DX crush the shop. DX thing. He's but wearing, besides he's that, wearing jorts. He's more just kind of like. Not knowing what's going on and like weird and kooky and wacky and like animated with all of his stuff. It's it's not like he's like this fucking too cool for school. That was Sonic in the Adventure Days. Yeah, Sonic Adventure Days for sure, for sure. Just yeah. reiterate that. Um. Anyway, anyways, moving on to other great, you know, successors to games. We all loved Mega Man, right? Let's talk about Mighty Number no. Nine, Colin. What do you think about it? Um. I think that it's not good. And I think that um, I think that was I think it was pretty obvious it wasn't going to be good for a while. Actually, I, I think we just kind of avoided the reality of the game for a while. Um, I think that the first time I played it, which was years ago now, I knew that it wasn't going to be like this fantastic game. Uh, I but, remember the first time you played it, you came back and you said it doesn't it isn't Mega Man. It's different. It's this. It's more action based. Yeah, it's not Mega Man. And, and that's and that I think is a disappointing kind of thing. Um you know, a friend of ours from Deep Silver, who's uh, work, you know they obviously published the game, tweeted out today that he was disappointed with some people's reviews, which I understand. I mean, but saying that like people are expecting, are docking the game for not being Mega Man or whatever, and I'm like, well, no offense, but the game was marketed and funded as a successor to Mega Man, so we do expect the Mega Man game. I mean, I, I don't I don't know like how else to put that, and there's some. There's some features of the game that are Mega Man esque, such as the nonlinearity and the and you get the bosses' weapons and stuff like that. But um, the game is just a soulless husk. It doesn't 
feel like anything. It doesn't look like anything. It just it looks cheap. It looks amateurish. It has uh, voice acting is fucking awful. The the um, storytelling is silly. They, they had a chance to rectify what the technical limitations of the NES Mega Man games wouldn't allow them to do, which is to tell a cool story and have cool bosses and uh, which were and, and, and it's so weird that like these 8-bit Mega Man games is shit on this game. Just shit on it. And from a graphical aesthetic, like Mega Man games have an identity, especially with like two and three and moving on from those games. Like they look like Mega Man games. They have a feel. They have uh, enemy diversity. They have geographic diversity. It's this 2.5D graphics garbage that makes that that really hurts my number nine, I think. And also, I think that it's just it's easy uh, for the most part. There is one part of the game that we can talk about. That's ridiculous, but it's easy. It, it, it It's it's score based. It's all these kinds of things. So I just I don't the more I play it, as I tweeted out yesterday, the more I play it, the more I don't like it. I never liked it uh, beyond the the mere act of playing because I think there's a good gameplay hook there. I just don't understand how this is Mega Man. I don't understand how this is a successor to Mega Man. I don't understand how this this was funded to g- scratch the Mega Man itch. Doesn't Colin. Mm. You just got Tony Hawk Pro Skater five. Yeah, I didn't know what happened. <laughs> Usually it's me that, you know, wants these games these games that we all know are going to be bad to be good but mm-mm. yeah this I th- time it's you how does it feel i mean it feels it feels bad because it feels bad man because well, that's what i was saying on on twitter and i i had reflected a few people where i'm like this is it like i i've, I've kind of come to accept this is the game this is the game that they worked on for years that Far i feel that i feel like could have been made as a fucking school project by some programmers and some animators in at, at, you know at usc like, that's the I, thing, right? We like, see so many indie games at PAX that are doing Mega Man better than this does. Yeah. Doing this kind of game, even if we don't, if you want to take Mega Man out of the equation, doing this kind of game better. Like, I just, the more I look at it, I just, I don't hate it, and I don't think it's bad. I just think it's so mediocre and so unremarkable that it's amazing that it came out of Creates, which is a studio that makes fucking fantastic games, and that it came out of Inafune's mind, which is a, a man that design you know help design Mega Man, design all these robots and this gameplay and um helped produce some of the great capcom franchises of the more recent years like animusha and dead rising like he's no slouch and i don't understand how this game came out the way it did and the way it and the way it looks and it makes me scared for these other 2.5d revivals like like iga's uh ritual uh uh bloodstained, bloodstained. ritual of the night Although I think that, that game's going to be way better, and that game was playable, and people at Ether and people did like it. I didn't get a chance to play. It. Um, so I don't know. I just think that Mighty Number no. Nine is a ma- I mean, what it is is it's a fucking huge disappointment, and uh, it's just it's just so like I said, it's just unremarkable. It's just so bland and boring. I just don't care about it. Now I don't that, even care about now it. Now that you've moved to acceptance, what does it mean for Inafune as a creator? What does this mean for Recore? What does this mean for that other game, the Red Storm or whatever? Is it? Oh, Red Ash. Red Ash. Um, so I don't know anything about that, like Red Ash or whatever. I saw Recore at E3, and I think it looks fine. I think it looks again, it looks it very look, generic. It, yeah, I was gonna say, does it look like Mighty Number no. Nine looked? Yeah, in a way, I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's different. It's an open. No, no, I don't mean. Does it? Look, I mean, does it actually look? I mean, like, are you getting the same vibes of this? Yeah, is going to be a I great th- game. I mean, they're only charging forty dollars for it, which I am pretty sure was not their intention the entire time. Uh, I think that maybe it was, but I doubt it. Um, Recore looks fun, but it looks just generic. So you look at like Inafune's other games, like Soul Sacrifice. I think was fine. It was good. It's just like, where is the magic? That's the kind of the question I have. And, and a lot of people are asking, you know, you've asked and, and it's brought up like, is Inafune, does Inafune suffer for this? Yes. Like, you can't take away what he's done. And the, and the and he's a great man. Like, I, I, I remarked uh, when I was at E3 that 
it's so weird. He knows who I am. He comes up to me and shakes my hand and all this kind of thing. I love him. Like, like he's a nice man and he's like, a, and he means well and he's doing his best. But as a creator, like we expected more from him. And I feel like this game being pitched as a Mega Man successor, being pitched as some sort of Mega Man esque, some sort of spiritual game like Mega Man. It's just not. It's just not Mega Man. I don't. I don't see what in this other than he pew pew pews out of an arm cannon and uses enemy attacks is Mega Man. You know, like the enemy attacks are fucking lame. You know, like the 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 user interface is bad. The I I just I just I don't know. I I just don't understand like how any especially with any creates. I don't understand how any creates made this game. Any creates made Mega Man Nine and Mega Man Ten. Those are fucking awesome, and they're indistinguishable from the old Mega Man games. Like that's how good they are. Like you would not be able, as I said before, I think on PS I Love you, if you mix those games up with the exception of the first one, which definitely looks like the first one. But if you mix up two, three, four, five, six, nine, and ten, and said. To a person who just knows games but doesn't know Mega Man, or just doesn't know anything about games, find the two that were made in the 21st century. They wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, like that's how that's how awesome those games are. And uh, they make they make Gunvolt, which is a great new franchise, and they make Galgun, and they and and then they and they're working on Ritual of the Night and all these games, and then they make this Turd. You and know, so the like, only thing you can point to being the problem is Inafune. You think? I feel like I. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I don't know. It's just like when you look at it with Comcepts, which Inafune's company is Comcepts. Like any creates has a great track record. Concept doesn't. So like at some point you have to kind of call it out as it is what it is. I don't think Deep Silver did the game any 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 favors, obviously, with its fucking awful trailer um, and its lack of messaging about what was going on with the game during its delays. I think they totally dropped the ball there, too. And I think that's obvious to everyone. But um, the game is the game is the game is the game. And it's going to sell or not based on the merits of the game. And it's and it's word of mouth and it has bad word, word of mouth and it, and it earned it. It's not bad. Like I said, the gameplay hook there is cool. The idea of shooting enemies and then quickly dashing through them to gain multipliers or whatever and keep killing them or whatever. It's cool. It's, it's a nice idea. Um, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like there's like, I feel like there's like 10 different enemies in the game. I feel like there's like no enemy diversity. I feel like that every, everywhere looks the same. It looks empty and static. These 3d graph, these 2.5 d graphics suck. Yeah. Like, and and there are games that look beautiful in that aesthetic. I know that that aesthetic is cheaper to make and that's why they do it. That's why they don't do 2d flat 2d with sprites and hand-drawn things like I, I understand all of that but the game suffers as a result and I know the game didn't raise enough money to to be able to do that art I know Ego said the same thing and they raised way more money for for ritual of the of the night so I don't know I'll be interested to see like what like it's only now getting into people's hands as we record this and I'm interested to see like what pe- if people disagree with the critics because the critical reception of the game is bad and um, even Sonic's talking shit even Sonic's talking shit which I thought was like I thought Sonic's tweet was both the Sonic the Hedgehog tweet was both funny and in super bad taste yeah especially because Sonic the Hedgehog categorically sucks so like I don't know yeah, that but that's what his social account is that's like, all things follow that him like, he has embraced that he has so. embraced that yeah. like so and, and, but and I I mean it's just like I know that but at the same time it's like I don't know it just seems a little tasteless to make for a developer or a studio to sanction making fun of anyone else, um, especially when you're Sonic. But that's but that's but that's my that's See, my Lego dimensions here too. Especially when you're Sega and you're falling off a fucking cliff. So and if it wasn't, for, and if wasn't for Atlas, Sega's be been totally falling irrelevant. off a cliff for so long though that that's just their <laughs> modus operandi at this point. That's all they know. That's yeah. their world. So I don't know. So to me, it's it's um, it's disappointing, and, I, and I'm sad for me, but I'm also really sad for people that were looking forward to this. There were a lot of people, there were millions of people, really, that seemed to be oh, looking yeah. forward to this game. And when that Kickstarter went off, everyone was in. That was that, I mean, people. I don't know if 
your mem- memories span that long, but like that was like the first real video game Kickstarter that came around where everybody's like, this could be the future. If a creator you want breaks away, they could go do this. Obviously, Double Fine found their success, yeah. but I'm talking about somebody coming out and being like, fuck it. I'm going to make a game. I'm going to make the game I'm known for, and I'm going to do it without anybody in my way. And, and everybody's like, yes, yeah, amazing. Here yeah. you go. I was there in the room when he announced it at the at PAX during the panel, and I remember everybody lost their shit. And again, granted, when you're in a PAX panel, people get excited yeah. about stuff. But even the, the people with that IGN, like that was one of those things like, we need to do a conversation right now. Get this up. This is news. And then I remember that video did like it was the highest performing video of the entire show. Yeah. Which just shows the power of that, that type of announcement. Being the first among Kickstarters where now you can't get anyone to cover your Kickstarter with a 10 foot pole. Exactly. Uh, so if you could take a step back, if you weren't a Mega Man fan, do you think that this game holds up at all? No, because I I think I just think it again it's unremarkable. Like, why would you play it? In other words, if it has no, if you have no, if you have no connection to Mega Man or Inafune or Cap, old Capcom games of which were some of the best games ever made at the time, then why would you play this at all? Because it it doesn't. It's just it's just not fun. It's like not. The idea is that the gameplay is fun enough and fluid enough to play. But I ask the question, why? Like I'm even asking my question, like why? Like these characters suck. Beck sucks, you know. Like Call sucks. The doctors suck. Like, like, like. There's, there's just, there's just no heart and soul. The game doesn't have a heart and soul. So as fun as it is to play, it's like playing. Like I love Civilization because it, it, it's fun to play. And there's like these reasons. And I know it's a jump for for a PC strategy game, but there's like this 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 huge reason to play the game, to learn it, to like understand it, because there's like all of these different threads that make it worth playing. But when you jump into Mighty Number no. Nine. The only reason you would play it is because Inafune made it. Otherwise, I don't feel like... And again, I don't want to say the game's bad because I think that like bad games speak for themselves and I don't think this game's bad. I just think it lacks everything that makes a game good. It's just mediocre. It just exists. It's just there. And Inafune can do better and any creates can definitely do better. Back to my point that Deep Silver is filling that void that THQ left. Of like, here are all these mid-tier games that you have no real reason to care about, but they're there. Homefront. My number nine. Yeah, like if I had, I mean, I've only played if I only played my number nine a few a couple stages, and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fun, and I was excited to see the whole game. I was excited to get back into these robot master type enemies and like to get the lore and really learn about the world and stuff. But if I had Deep Silver, only got involved with the game late, and if I was playing the game, if I had access to the full build and I played the game, I'd be like, no way in hell are we publishing this. So. Like, I don't see what, what they were seeing or what they thought like this game was going to be. Maybe there's just a lot of money to be made. Again, the money the game was paid for. Just so, the ability to work with Inafune. Yeah. People are going to buy it out of morbid curiosity. Mega Man fans like you had already pre-ordered, they were in. Yeah, so I, I, I feel it's hard. It's like, it's hard because you I want, there's no game I wanted to be great more than this. And um, this tells me that we need to take a step back from our nostalgic points of view about that if we're going to get these new games, they need to be done right they need to be done the right way or they're going to ruin w- w- how we feel about the games to begin with. And I really feel like any creates and Capcom nailed it with Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10 of which Inafune produced those games. So it the troubling thing to me is like Inafune and I don't presume to know the ins and outs of his situation in Japan and the situation. It seems like he burned so many bridges and obliterated so many mores of the Japanese gaming culture and the way Japanese games are made that it's like is he able to now go back to a publisher mm-hmm. and like is he would Capcom take him back like could he get his 20 million dollar budget to make a real Mega Man game could like 
these fences be mended so we can get the Inafune that we know and love. And perhaps like that's what he he needs to be under that umbrella. Or ha, ha, is it like is he like persona? Is he, is, yeah, exactly. Is he like he does he have the scarlet letter now because he did all these things and people wanted to see him fail. And I wonder if people in Japan are happy that my number nine is not good. You know, and I don't mean the gamers. I mean, like the people in the industry, maybe some sure, gamers who sure. felt like he scorned them and their way of doing things. So there's a lot of like deeper questions than just the game. I think with Mighty Number no. Nine about like where does Comstep go from here? Red Ash was a failure in terms of like getting the I think the anime Kickstarter was like all mixed up and fucked up like in yeah. there and and the way they're getting like there just seems to be a lot of confusion about where Inafune and Comstep stand. And I think Mighty Number no. Nine is emblematic of that confusion because Mighty Number no. Nine is in of itself a confused game that doesn't know if it wants to be Mega Man or not, and it it dips its toe in the water and that's fine. But dude, you know what we want, so just give it to us or don't pretend that you can. That's all. Mm. That's 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 the long and the short of it. And um for for the fun fluid score based gameplay and all that kind of stuff that's there, there's no reason to play it. It's like playing on a gray screen with nothing interesting. You know? And I do want to say one of the worst design parts of a game I've seen in a long time is in is in Mighty Number no. 9 late in the game and I, I was talking about it a little bit on Colin and Greg live. And I just get I just I'll go back to it but I'm just like fuck this and I just start playing Grand Kingdom instead cuz it's just it's just a way better game. Um, you get to this point in a robot factory like late in the game. The game's not. Some people are complaining that the game's hard. I don't think the game's hard at all. Like by the way, I, I think that like I my, one of my complaints about Shovel Knight was that it was too easy. This game's even easier than Shovel Knight. So I don't know. Like I think people are just losing their chops a little bit. But there's one part of the game. Oh, you never had them. There's this one part of the game where I was like, where the difficulty spikes from nothing to extraordinary, and it's obnoxious. And so there's a part in a factory where you have to use a dash ability over these like insta kill spike pink spike things where you drop down then then zoom right drop down zoom left drop down zoom right zoom right zoom right and get out of there or whatever and I actually did it once and then I beat the boss and then I died after that so I had to go do it again but sounds like a terrible checkpoint but there's no checkpoint there like you have to go back like two minutes before that or whatever which is not fine and and what's so weird because Mighty Number no. 9 is like super fucking generous with checkpoints and lives and power ups and like the E tank type things they have in there. Like it's just like the game like wants you to beat it. And um there's so the idea of the game is moving fast. Gotta gotta move fast. Right? Gotta, gotta, gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Yeah. And the idea is going fast. So there's this part of the game, like so the mighty numbers, the the mighty number one through eight are the enemies that you beat already, and they're your friends. Like you reprogram them and they become your friends. And they appear on stages at various times. And so there's this conversation where you're jumping up and like three of them are talking to each other and two of them are in the background and they're like chattering or whatever and everything's fine, but you're moving fast. So by the time you get to the point where you're supposed to drop, there's the Avi, mighty number, whoever the fuck cares is like over, (laughs) over the screen and he's blocking you. And since he's talking to you, he stays over your character model as he's talking. You just want to move. And then there's black boxes with text on the bottom and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, so am I supposed to just sit here for 20 seconds on a speed run waiting for this to pass? Or am I supposed to be able to see through the fucking character and then through the, the, the boxes of text so that I can do this part, which I'm going to die because you're distracting the shit out of me. I was like, who designed this? This is awful. Like, I was like, this is just stupid. Like, why is this happening on screen at this fucking pivotal moment in time when I'm trying to beat the game quickly? And, and you're challenging me with a, a huge ramp up in difficulty. I was like, this is super symbolic of this, of what the fuck is going on in this game. Who designed this? Dumb question. You can't turn it off. Is it one of those things for speedruns you can go into the menus? And I don't know, and I don't. I, I have no idea. It doesn't matter to me. Like the point is, is that I'm playing the game, normal game, my normal first playthrough, sure. trying to just beat it over and over again. You get really good at that part before that, before that, because you're doing it twenty fucking times trying to get through that part. And these characters are on the screen bombarding you with fucking sensory overload. Mega Man, Mega Man. Yeah, and it's like I'm like, who designed this? <laughs> yeah, we got this is bad. Why? 
You know? Yeah, maybe if you play EX mode or something like that, they remove a lot of stuff. The point is that like no one's gonna play that their first time through and you're gonna fight and then you're gonna encounter this thing and you're just gonna be standing there waiting for them to, you're gonna figure out after one or two times that the character's literally hovering over you because he's talking to you. It's like who designed this? You know, and that was that that to me is that was when I was like, fuck this, I'm putting this down. I don't even like and people were telling me, like, don't even you don't even like don't you know, you always say don't be up a game's ass, you don't have anything to prove, and I'm like, I just wanna I need to beat this game. You know, like to just see it through. But the fact that they have ambitions for a sequel and stuff like that, like, yeah, good luck. You know, like you have, you better blow this entire game up and do it all over again if you want to have any chance of having a sequel that anyone cares about, mm. because it's wrong on almost every level. It's just too bad they can take that gameplay and put it in another game with different, and there would be expectations would be different. But our expectations are totally set. If if we have a problem, as the insinuation has been that we are expecting Mega Man, then that's your fucking problem because you are the one who promised us a Mega Man successor. Yeah, and we are not getting it. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty pissed about my number nine. But I also am conflicted about it, knowing Inafune as a man, not that we're friends or whatever, but knowing who he is, knowing the content of who he is and like how funny he is and how kind he is and all those kinds of things. It's hard to say, like, you fucked up. But I don't know who else, who else's problem would be. I don't think it's, I, I don't think any creates is the problem. You know, like, I just don't, I don't know about that. So we'll find out when Bloodstain comes out and Galgun and all those kind of games and we play them. And if they're bad, then they're bad. And well, we I mean, Galgun's going to be Galgun. Yeah. But. I'm giving this girl an orgasm with a gun. It's, that's a, that's that's the game. <laughs> game of the year. So anyway, um, if it's not expensive, so if you have a morbid curious, morbidly curious about it, then you know more power to you. But but that's I would, definitely a game that'll be on a discount sale in no time. Oh my god! So yeah, hold yeah. your horses on that one. Yeah, and it's on even, like every system ever too. So yeah, and they and to he, their credit, they wait for it, that PlayStation Vita version. Yeah, which we haven't gotten, and to. to to their credit, they did. He is taking a lot of the blame. I mean, they did what was supposed to be a celebratory kind of stream that seemed he seemed super dejected and sad, and was saying like, you know, bl- people blame me, blame me, it's my fault, and all this kind of stuff, basically. And, I, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing, um, but Kotaku's got it all broken up. You can yeah, you guys there. can go read it there. Mm-hmm. Polygon. I mean, scoops. It's sad. It's it, ultimately it's sad. So, you know, hopefully, if they do a mighty number nine two or whatever they call it, um, it's way better than this. But this game in no way, shape, or form deserves a sequel. Not even close. Next up, I want to talk about Zelda. We never Breath got a chance to... Of the we, wild. we never all got to talk about Zelda after As we all group. saw Zelda. We yes. talked about it. We did the But it was the before I saw play. it. It's before oh, I went. Okay, I played cool. it afterwards. Oh, you did too? Yeah. Awesome. We've all played Zelda. Tell me what you guys thought. I liked it. Uh, I wish the demo was a bit more like, all right, you're into this section now, and here's how it's going to work when you talk to people. Let's talk to a Gorgon or whatever and go do something like that. Instead, it was, you know, the... All right, you're just in this open area for 15 minutes, run around, figure out the controls, and then start from pretty much the start of the game and play through. And so I had to leave a little bit early, so I did the first thing where I got the spire out of the ground, and then I had a jet or whatever. Mm -hmm. But enjoyed what I played. Like, I'm excited for that game. I do want to play Zelda. Uh, It seems like it's interesting. I like the idea of how Link just wakes up after being asleep for, what is it, hundreds of years? They even say 100 years. You wake up there, and you're, like, ready to roll out and go, and you got a little tablet, and you're putting it in everything. Okay, tablets are dumb. Wii U tablets dump, but whatever, whatever. I'm there. I'm ready. Uh, the thing I like about the tablet is I was worried about that when I first saw it. And there was rumors on the internet over the last like year or whatever since they showed that first image where you saw it. Yeah. And uh, it it worried me that I'm like, oh, great. This is definitely going to be gamepad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be a huge part of it. No, I think it's just more of an aesthetic. Agree. Thing. When you use it, it agree. is just a fancy looking map. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. Doesn't seem like there's going to be more functionality than that. So yeah, that's exciting. No, I enjoyed what I saw. The fire effects looked cool. I like the idea of cooking food and doing all that stuff. I like the idea of it being an open world Zelda. I mean, it won't be obviously. I think it's pretty clear it won't be as uh, fulfilling or as dense as Witcher or as Skyrim or anything like that. But 
I'm still down. Okay, cool. I'm going to climb up there and then I'm going to jump on my shield and ride it down like a surfboard. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's the, the most exciting to me is that the all the physics-based stuff. And I, I like that it is just kind of a big sandbox. And it's less open world in the traditional sense yeah. of like, there, here's a whole bunch of different tasks for you to do. And it is more like the original Zelda where it's just go. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. You kind of figure out what you want to do. And uh, I like that the you can cut down the trees and they fall in different ways. So there's the physics there. But then, yeah, also you can get on the, the shield and use it as a snowboard. Um, to go down the the hills and stuff and it's just like it's one of those games that makes you think can i do that let me try oh shit i can yeah and that's cool because it's been a while since i've experienced something like that especially in a zelda game zelda games have been so kind of just you know rinse and repeat same thing over and over which is why i'm happy that the demo wasn't what you were talking about where sure it's like here you're in a dungeon go do the thing it's, it's just that it's left me with this feeling right where i enjoyed the demo but i really haven't thought about it since then i really didn't, i don't i didn't find the demo remarkable or mind-blowing like it's 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 fun sure yeah i'm totally in for another zelda i want to play another zelda but i haven't been sitting here being like man that was an awesome part and i want to play that but i want to go do that man i i got the demo excited me but what got me really going is afterwards like after post e3 being able to look at everyone else's demos and everyone else's gameplay footage yeah. that they posted and just reading about it the stuff that i didn't see because the demo is huge is crazy there's so many different weapons you can pick up you can use any weapon that the enemies drop and stuff right. in in my demo i got to use the little magnet Thing yeah, a little me too. bit. What I didn't know is that you can the magnet attaches to anything metal, including your weapon. So you can throw your sword, pull out the magnet thing, attach it to the sword, and then use your sword as a fucking like far away sword. Oh, far away sword. Yeah, yeah. better reach on your sword. That's sure. Yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, like, that's super cool. That, like, you can do stuff like that because that seems like something that would be out of limitations. You know? Yeah, hundred um, percent. So that's super exciting, and I, I like the. Just kind of the the system where there's the stamina. Yeah. So it's like you can climb anything. You can go anywhere. You can run whatever you want, but it's, or swim or whatever. But it it's all based on the the time of that. And obviously, as the game goes on, I'm sure you get more. Yeah, yeah. You like level it up. I think that's a really smart way to kind of contain the world and have it be open and very nonlinear. And you know, you can kind of go wherever you want straight from the start. Yeah. While still limiting you from like going to the final. I agree with that 100. Like I I think it's a really cool idea. Where it was too. Where I you know at one point I jumped in. And I into the water and I started swimming and he's like, I don't ever gonna make it. The guy next to me and then I'm like, I'll make it. And then I died. I was like, well, next time and I couldn't do it then. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not supposed to reach that now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's clearly teaching me I'm not supposed to be doing that right now. And that's how you figure it out. Yeah. And I also like that it's it's Zelda enough and it's also different enough to keep me interested and be like, oh, shit, like they, they they're giving us what we asked for. Really? See, I feel like that's what I'm going to get when I sit down and play with it and go through a straight playthrough. But yeah, when I for this gameplay demo, it felt like, OK, cool. This is what I was looking for, and I think it's I think it's pretty. I don't think it's like gorgeous. I think I think there's not a lot happening in the environments. Mm-hmm. I, you know, people have been arguing about this online if the game's beautiful or not. I think the art style is beautiful. I like the world of it, but it is definitely you know sparse environments in yeah. certain sections. And da, da, da. I mean, it's every last gen overall. The yeah. sparse environment thing, I'm not too hung up on because no, I'm I not hung like- up on any of it. None of this is like oh. Yeah. Fuck this game. It's just like, oh, I I, cause I I would rather there not be stuff than just, all right, here's NPCs that, are, that have nothing really to say, but they're there. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I like that it's, it is more like the wilderness. There isn't people just everywhere. Sure. You know? Yeah. That makes and sense. I like that it is, it, it kind of just, everything feels like it doesn't necessarily need to tell you a story, but there's a story to be made if you want there to be. And right. I like the little pirate coves or whatever, where it's like there's enemies and I, the, there's a hundred shrines to go find and all that stuff. And I like that it's like, that stuff feels more important when there's not a bunch of random shit going agreed. on. Agreed. Agreed you know? with that 100%. When you jump on the map and you see how huge the map is, but you look at a section, you see all the different skulls and treasure chests, like, oh, 
I can totally see this being a Ubisoft game or a Shadow of Mordor where I set off and I'm going to go one by one to the... I'll, yeah, I'll get to the story or whatever, but I'm going to instead go try to clear out all these different things. Mm-hmm. I just I like that it's a, it's a really different approach and the whole the weather system and having to use the different like clothes and yep. different armor and yep. all that stuff. Giving you on. a reason to change. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of annoying because I was always a blue tunic link. No, of course. Remember, once I got that water, that. once I got that water tunic, I was rocking it all the he time. He looks dope as fucking his armor, though. Yeah, he does look cool. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Cole? Um, I played it for about 15 minutes. Uh, now, the the big caveat for me is that the, and this is fucking tone-deaf Nintendo shit, is that you can invert the Y-axis in the in the demo. So, like, I could not play the game effectively, like, at all. Um, and so I was, like, really struggling because I play inverted. So I was, like, really struggling. And this happens every so often, like, where a demo is like, no, we, you can't invert Y. I'm like, you guys made a huge blunder on that one because we, ex- we do exist. Um, We're breeding you out. And uh, so... Based on what I saw, I tried to like just play it, uh, keeping the camera kind of like level um, so that I didn't have to think about it too much. And uh, what I found was a game that I, that intrigued me a great deal. Um, and uh, I liked going into the menus and kind of you could tell how much more robust the game is, not by the world necessarily, but by the menus. Sure. Um, that there's like a deep, um, deep there's a deep equipment currency in this game in terms of like, you have lots of armor. There are lots of weapon choices, um, equipment and gear. And like, like it, to me, it was like, this is a real role playing game. This, this almost feels like a Zelda Zelda's actually a real role playing game. I mean, it, we used to refer to Zelda as being a role playing game or having role playing game elements, but it really doesn't. It's really an action adventure game in its own way. It's a, it's a Zelda game. It's a Zelda game. Um, there's a little bit of nonlinearity. You find that in like link to the past. There's a little bit of like, obviously you're finding equipment. You can buy, find things and not find things or heart pieces. So there's a lot of collectibles and, and optional things. So the, the, the spirit's always been there, but it's never literally been a role playing game in my mind. Um, and this seems to be with its Skyrim influence where it's open world, Western role playing game influence, which is obvious. Um, and I'm glad that they finally looked outside and found that other people were doing their games better that they took that in. So when I was running around just for that brief time, fighting enemies and kind of just exploring this wooded area this sparsely wooded area i found that it was it was a i agree i think the art is really pretty i think the direction is really pretty the game is super dated looking anyone who thinks that that game isn't dated looking i don't know if we're looking at different games but like the gameplay it looks like a playstation 3 game i mean you know like for sure it looks is like anyone arguing game? that yeah oh yeah people oh, got yeah, it. Oh, yeah. people oh, bristle yeah. when you say that of course oh yeah dude um i said that when I, I i tweeted out i was like i played zelda it looks super dated but i think it looks fun i'm, I'm excited to play it and i am i'm gonna play it i'm going to play that game um, but uh, people got really mad about that, and I'm like, dude, I just saw the game with my own fucking two eyes. Like, it, it looks like it it was made five, six years ago, like for sure. So, um, but that doesn't matter. The content of the game, I feel like, is going to be there. Um, and it made me intrigued about Zelda. I've been really down on Zelda because Skyward Sword, uh, just from what I saw, I didn't feel it. And Twilight Princess is the real, the real game. I really got my uh, real mainline console game from the series that I really got my my hands on on, and was like, I just don't like this game. And with um, even the handheld iterations, like I didn't really like Minish Cap. It was fine, but like Minish Cap was okay. The the Spirit game, the Spirit Tracks, and whatever the fuck the other one was with the, the stylus. On I, I can't play games like that. So like, I just feel like Zelda wasn't being made for me for a long time. And when I played A Link Between Worlds, which I enjoyed, I was like, okay, this is great. But this is I've been to this world. I know this world. Um, there's a nostalgic factor to this, but it again, where is Zelda? Like, where is the Zelda we need and we want? And I feel like I feel like maybe this is that game. So I'm I'm optimistic about it. It brings um, back a sense of wonder. 
to Zelda of what is over that hill and I, you can mark anything and get there so what will I find on that journey to that spot which I think has been missing for a while mm-hmm. yeah and I think that uh, I, I like I like the idea of them spreading their wings a little bit and making a different kind of Zelda game that I think is certainly going to be outside of their own comfort zone and I think that's why this game has taken so long to make and that could be why the game's so antiquated not only because it's running on Wii U which is super underpowered but because it's been it was it's been it's been gestating for so long as well so um you know, I, I'm I'm interested to see like what the final product's like. I'm interested to see how long it is and robust it is. Um, and uh, the one thing I'll say that I walked away from with this above all else is, and I don't know, I don't know a lot of people out there can relate because I don't know how many people have been to Nintendo at E3 and played games there. They need to like not be up your ass when you're playing games at Nintendo. Like that was actually like my biggest takeaway is the actual experience of playing the game. No one did anything wrong. The people that I dealt with were very nice people. The man that was with me was a very nice man. That was how. But it's like. I've been playing games for 30 years almost like I'll figure it out like you're actually like putting a ton of pressure on me by standing over my shoulder and chattering in my ear and telling me what to do like just if you're going to give me all this time just go away like I'll figure it out like if I have a question I'll ask you you know and yeah. I felt I felt like it was a st- <laughs> I know this is a weird like insider gripe but it was just like I just played Horizon the day before and they like I figured it out like it took time but like I figured it out it was complex but and so that was the, it made me not want to sit there and like really learn. So I'm like, this guy's judging me. He wants me to see certain things. I really just want to learn how to play the game myself. What I really learned about this new Zelda game, too, is that it's super complicated. Like that, that was that was the thing. I, I, I And he wasn't really he was trying to help me, but I was like, I could have just used a button map. That would have really been helpful to me. And but it was there. Tell you about the wolf amiibo. He did. He put it on the screen. <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, it was just like, let me just can I just I, I hope Nintendo takes notes about this. I'm sure they don't care. They don't care about anything. But but like. You know, let me just play. And um, if I have a question, I'll, I'll ask you. I'm going to play the game my own my own way and learn the mechanics my own way. And I just feel like I felt so much pressure where I feel like I would have enjoyed it even more if I didn't feel like I was having this this person or these people around me like watching me everything I did as if I was going to run away with the Wii U console or something like that. Well, someone you know? tried to. You see that? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's not the first time. I'm sure. Was it logic? It was logic. That was probably logic. So that was. So I. So that's just a minor insider gripe that I thought people would enjoy hearing because I. I just. I only experienced that at Nintendo. See, I um, feel like the only. Th- the only. The thing was that in that 15 minutes, do whatever you want. They were doing that to me too. And then when it was like you started the game, they backed off. I think they wanted you to get the mechanics down to an extent. Yeah, so they seemed mad at me. They were like, "All right, we'll go to the the theater first. I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. Can we like just go upstairs and just like sit me at a kiosk and I'll play the game? Like, I'll you know, I've played almost every Zelda game. I'll figure it out. Um, you missed the cool reveal though, because then the the screen went away and they pulled up the thing and this door opened up and like wow yeah it's just like we, we so we, we had scheduled you had scheduled People melted you had kindly scheduled the things on our, our last day and that wasn't in the original schedule and I needed the time to do something else so I actually had to go quickly anyway I was yeah. only there for fifteen or twenty minutes but so that was just my minor gripe but I so my takeaways of Zelda is like uh, I think it's pretty regardless of the fact that it looks dated I think that uh, the open world nature of it although we've had open world Zelda since the very beginning I think the open world very open world nature i think will provide its own density even though i think the game looks scarce i think there will be its own density there i think that if you looked at skyrim the same way you'll find that it's just as empty um it's just that there's little points of interest i don't think you have to have this flooded fucking field of things going on all the time so i agree with you there um and i'm really super intrigued by the complexity of the control scheme and the complexity of what you can do some of it makes sense some of it doesn't mapping sword for instance i think to a face button was weird but having and i'm sure you can remap things and having the, you? and having the arrow, like you aim and shoot with the same button. Like there's certain things where I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. You have triggers, you can use the, you know. So like, I have to wrap my head around the way that they were doing things. And I think I'm right about the sword things. I think you draw it and, and slice it with the same things. I think I kept like 
thinking I would. Hit. I was having. I, I was like, kept pulling shit out of my sack or whatever. There were definitely buttons there that were weird that I was trying to do. It so, going to what naturally yeah. would be there. So I think it. totally no problem at all playing. I thought it felt great, like any Nintendo game does. It felt very intuitive to me and stuff. Oh and yeah, like, and I, I also said that uh, Pro Controller compatible. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's probably I'll play with because it didn't feel intuitive to me at all. I think it would have if I spent more time with it. And it was getting. I was getting better at it. I was also just kept worrying about the fucking Y axis over and over again. So, um, so yeah. Pretty game. I think it's open for a good reason. There's a lot of mechanics there and a lot of equipment and RPG elements that I think Zelda much much need. I think this is a revitalization that Zelda needs. I don't know that anyone's going to play it um, because it's going to be stranded on Wii U and we do not know the nature of NX and if anyone's going to be interested in buying it yet. I think that there might be interest. I think there might not be interest. So um, there'll be interest. So we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. Um, remember that Skyward Sword is the last console Zelda and it didn't sell well. So um, and then it was on its console with 100 million units. So um they have much to prove here. I think a marketing blitz will be smart. I think that like letting people go hands on in Nintendo store and other places, EB will losing her mind. She's really excited about Zelda. So yeah, I was happy to play it. I was really honored to play it. It was cool. It was like a nice little reveal for me. I didn't expect that I was gonna have time to do it. So thanks for setting that up. No sweat. Um, but uh, yeah, also that little insider thing about, you know, just like, just leave me alone and let me, let me do my thing. Tell me I can put the wolf amiibo on there. I don't care. No one cares about amiibo <laughs> and that functionality. I'm excited to see what NX changes because I think that it can make a game that I'm already excited about even better. I think that it just if it gives me 1080, if it gives me 60, cool, because this was 720. And I think that that's an obvious thing. You know, they're showing this game and it is running on Wii U. So we're not going to get the the ultimate version of an ultimate experience of it. But I think well, if NX you had really, the NX right now and you had Zelda right now, you could take it with you on the plane. Who knows? With a little controller. The hell set. I thought it looked great. I'm super excited about it. And it again, it it looks like a simplified version of a lot of these games that I, I don't want to play because it looks like too much of an investment, but this looks like it has the dumbed down systems that I want to get into it where it's like, it's not overwhelming in a bad way. It's Hey, here's this. What's overwhelming is the the size and scope of it all, but it's things that I want to do. And it's not stuff that I feel like is chores to, to get done. Yeah. It's new. For, I mean, what's cool is that this is new for Zelda. You know, like this is a, I still feel like the most open Zelda we ever had was the original. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you really think about it and get back to get down to gra- uh, brass tacks and you don't think about Zelda in terms of its aesthetic or its its um, uh, its feel, but rather its scope, like the original Zelda was really super open and super nonlinear in its own way. Um, and I don't know that we've gotten that. We had that a little bit with Zelda 2, but not much. And we had that like a little bit with Link to the Past in the Dark World. And we had that a little bit with Ocarina of Time and a little bit with Majora's Mask. But like we never had this like massive like world where it's like we're not going to tell you or gate anything off like you'll figure it out like you could really go to almost any corner of the map in the original zelda if you wanted to as long as you had bombs and stuff like that so like i feel like this is the game this almost seems to capture the spirit ironically and interestingly of the original zelda which i think is a super fucking good game so that was the point yeah anuma was talking about how he that that one image the original image from the instruction manual from the first zelda like that was the total inspiration for this game and you can totally see it visually and just in terms of the the scope and the, the gameplay elements and all that stuff um and the they did an interview recently with reggie and he was saying that like, you can beat the game without even having much of the story elements at all and i think that's cool I, I like that it's just like do whatever the hell you want tell your own story um i also think that they're taking a lot of the classic zelda elements like bombs and stuff i don't know if you guys got to i guess yeah. this a bit but instead of just being the normal bombs that we know there's two different types of bombs one rolls with the whole physics based stuff another one is more square. of a square block that you just kind of put down like lays a trap for for when the enemies come by and stuff and it's just like little tiny tweaks like that i think really kind of flesh out the world and explain to you the type of direction that they want you to go but then let you go whatever direction you want i think that's the most important thing um i like being able to push the rocks and have it roll down the hill and like crush people and they teach you how to do that 
so that later on, I'm sure in the game, there'll be much more advanced things where you get to play with the physics and all that stuff. Um, and in the same way that old Zelda's taught you, if there's a crack in a wall, bomb it. There's a secret in there. Anytime there's water and stuff, when you have the magnet, like already I know, search the water. There's probably some metal thing in there that I can pick up to complete a bridge that I can walk across to get a treasure chest and all yeah. that stuff. And I'm very, 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 very excited about this game. I gave it my one of my three game of the show free three, and I definitely think it would be my top one overall of those three. Ooh. So stay tuned. Zelda. X going to give it to you. Next up, let's talk about the games that weren't at E3. Where the fuck was Hot Shots Golf PS4? Mm. Why are you hiding it, Sony? Oh, I yeah. want it so bad. But yeah, no, I knew it wouldn't be there, but there are a lot of games missing for me. There, there was year. a lot of games. I got a list. I got a list for you guys. Well, first off, hardware-wise, NX, we knew it wasn't going to be there, right. but it wasn't. And yeah. then PS Neo, which we thought would be there up until the last Until moment. they said it was until not Until they officially there. announced it and then said it wasn't going to yeah. be there. So that stuff's kind of underwhelming. No Man's Sky. We expected that. We expected it because... We've heard enough of No Man's Sky. Delayed till August 9th. Yeah. What's interesting, did you guys hear about the, the story of the... That they almost had to change the name? Mm-hmm. Oh, right, because of the legal battle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that illegal battle with a, a British telecommunications broadcast yeah, company. Sky. Sky, who also fucked with Microsoft in 2014 and SkyDrive had to be renamed OneDrive. It's like, damn. Everybody so Microsoft lost, but Sony won. So, cool. There you go. No Man's Sky. Sean is, Murray won. Yeah. We won. Great. The gamers won. won. Uh, but yeah, I guess we expected not to see that because it, it's soon enough and like beating that drum over. We've heard enough here. It's just starting to look like a failure if you keep talking about exactly. it every E3. Last Guardian. Nino Kuni 2. Mm. I just think the game's way further out than people think. But I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but I don't I still think that game's not this year. You think we sure. get something we get another touch at uh, PSX? That'd be nice. Yeah. I think that TGS I think that's probably. Too. Oh TGS. Yeah. So that's the thing. When we go through this, let's think about when do we think we're going to see it next and when do we think it's actually going to come out? The thing about TGS though, it did so much better in America. So when do you want to hold it, you think for PSX with that audience that's rab- rabid about it? Yeah, maybe it did do much better in America, but I really? also think, it, yeah, I didn't it, know that uh, the game was like almost like not even relevant at all in Japan. Interesting. Um, Is that just relative to the other franchises over there? Or? It was racism. They didn't like drippy. No, I just think it didn't mm. sell very well. So they released it on PS3 and it, it sold okay. And they released like a dumbed down version on DS that or 3DS. No, it was DS that that didn't sell. Well, and then so they released it here, I think, with no expectations, but I think we just took to it in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drawn to death. Not a huge surprise. I think they have to they have to handle these sort of games better. Uh, the message they're showing these games way too much. I, I really do believe that the constant streaming beta always in early beta, access, early access like let's not stop talking about this game. Everything is a huge fucking mistake. And I think that hopefully they're realizing that at this point that the stuff coming out of Sony San Diego is cool, but like they're not managing it properly. You can't get the you can't have the people playing it for two years and then expect them to give a shit when it comes out to get super excited about like, it. Like yeah. I just don't understand like how that's lost on people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, play it, play it endlessly in endless betas, and then it's out. Aren't you excited? It's like no, no one cares. We played it like seven thousand it, it times. It wasn't hard to get into. It isn't hard to get to. Yeah. You can go to the drawn to death drawn to death dot com, get your code, get mm-hmm. in, and start playing. But you're not getting trophies. I don't think. That's the other thing. I don't know what's yeah. happening really. With they need to do better with these games. Like we were talking about it on Colin and Greg live with guns up, which is, which came out and some people knew, but like, I don't know how the fuck we missed that. We, we missed that completely. Like, Oh, guns ups out, I guess. 
I felt like Guns Up never came out or was always out. One of those two things. That was the thing. Is, yeah, I felt like it was always out, and that's the exact same problem. So like when they t- started talking about it at PSX and announced that it's coming out, we we totally glazed over because I've heard about Guns Up. If I wanted to play Guns Up, I'd go play Guns Up right now. Yeah. But I don't want to play Guns Up, so I don't care about Guns. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's no newsworthy thing in there. There's nothing interesting about it, uh, and that's the thing. Yeah, I'm not, again dr- not surprising. I don't think that Drawn to Death wasn't there because it's one of those games that that I think you're seeing you saw with this E3 how Sony wants to handle it where there is the the mainstream big budget here's our e3 lineup and then there's the hey here's our psx thing for everybody who cares about vita yeah like, if you're a, if you're a hardcore enough playstation fan to fly around the world and come to san francisco to for psx or go to vegas for psx you're going to care about these games you're going to care that mm-hmm. david jaffe has a new game and i'm not saying that no one will ever care about drawn to death or whatever but it's just this weird messaging right i hope now. people do because i think it looks cool all i'm saying is that like you know they're releasing kill strain for instance in mid-july um and i'm like that hasn't one feels everyone, like it was hasn't a- everyone played Kill Strain? Like I, I like I, it's a cool game, but like they're just not. You have to go away and finish the game, and not. I understand they want feedback from the audience, but you are sacrificing the pop of releasing your game. I feel like Kill Strain had a there. better has a better shot than it. Guns Up, I felt like it was beat to death over our head all the time. And then with Drawn to Death, you have Jaffe, who's an outspoken personality people follow, talking about it all the time because it's his game. I feel like Killstrain's in that thing where, yeah, if I, if I really care about Killstrain, yeah, I've seen the streams they do every week or whatever. But as somebody who doesn't really care about Killstrain, I haven't seen it since we went down there and did that let's, or, uh, stream with them. Hmm. What about Paragon? What's the story there? I It was announced at PSX. I, you know, it's yeah. not my type of game, so I totally stay out of it. Was it released? This yeah, week? but it's it's out in early. It's the beta. That's always what I'm saying. Yeah. Give me the disc, Kevin. Hand me the disc over there. We have a disc for it. Or okay. I don't even know. If we have it a might disc just for it. it. might just be an empty box. But the box will explain what we have. Thank oh, you, man. There is a disc in there. It's described as Paragon Essentials Edition. All right, includes a lot of stuff. This is Paragon. Paragon is a MOBA that puts you in fight. Of content includes Paragon coins, instant beta access, five hero master challenges, five reps. So it's in beta still. They're but releasing a game on... There's no disc in here. Yeah, there is. It sounds like it. We gotta figure it out. <laughs> They're releasing a game in beta on disc. Yeah, there is. I thought it was like a card. That's fucking sad. Sorry. <laughs> That's Ladies fucking sad. Video games 2016. That's sad, sad stuff right there. Okay, cool. But it's over $160 I mean, in value. Th- this is exactly what you're talking about, where it's just like, all right, things announced, and then... Things are in beta and alpha and this yeah. and that, whatever, early access, and then it comes out and no one cares. Yeah, it's because they're, these games are overexposed. It's not that these games are bad. Paragon's probably not a bad game. It's just that, like, the messaging's bad, especially for console games. We're not used to this kind of stuff. You have to you have to do better. Mm. Otherwise, you're saying these games out to die. For I mean, sure. I wonder how it's doing. I wonder if there is a fan base that's, like, all over is. it. I mean, if it's just five one four out of fan base, I saw <laughs> from the beta that's been going on forever. I always see when I go online, uh, Andrea Renee's playing it. Or she's was. all over it. She loves yeah, it. Yeah, but she is literally the only person I know. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that probably now that I've seen so much of uh, uh, over no Overwatch and Battleborn, but before that, you could put them all into a into a screenshot gallery, and I'm, I I still don't know what this game fucking looks like. Mm. I'm looking at the thing right here. And it just looks like generic fucking Halo guys and whatever action. I don't know what Paragon looks like because mm. their reveal trailer at PSX, which made me think it was a year out, <laughs> maybe more, was CG. I don't know what this fucking thing looks like. But the MOBA bubbles popped in terms of. Oh yeah, let's bring it to consoles. Oh, and let's absolutely. make money off MOBAs. That's no that poor bastards. Okay. If you're bringing your MOBA to fucking console in the next eighteen months, don't bother. <laughs> 
So Colin, this one's for you. Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see that at either. I mean, that's a that's a Japanese game for a Japanese audience that will get here eventually um, if we're lucky. Uh, so I, I would expect to see more of that at TGS. And Dragon Quest is so huge that it's going to get its own events and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Going along that line of the JRPG stuff, Kingdom Hearts Three. We knew we weren't going to get it because we saw the 2.8 trailer and it ended saying more information winner. So we're going to get it once Kingdom Hearts 2.8 comes out. We'll, we'll hear sure. more about Kingdom Hearts Three. And also, you can assume they want to give 15 some yeah, give 15 some, some breathing room. Not hearing good things about 15, by the way, and uh, just the rumors online like. Persistent rumors from you know what people think are reliable sources, whatever it is. <laughs> no moss. Is yeah. he goofy again? Is Goofy giving us uh, the information? I, I'll be. I'll be. I'm super interested to see if any of the shit that you're he- we're hearing about Final Fantasy 15 is true, because it's not good. But uh, I still believe. But who knows? Who knows for sure? I'm. I'm. Ho- I hope it's good. Kevin, me too. Uh, really, Kingdom Hearts really Three wasn't there because it doesn't exist. Yeah. Kingdom um, Hearts 3 <laughs> it definitely scene 2.8 I'm like alright there's the engine they're we're almost it. there we are we're at 2.8 Colin how's that make you feel 2.8 was awesome by the way got to play it super stoked about that December I feel bad for Kingdom Hearts fans I don't know why we're getting stuff as a non-Kingdom Hearts fan what is 2.8 is it what collection of shit is it now 2.8 is the 3DS game uh-huh. plus a CG movie that tells like the earliest story of the whole thing to prep you for 3 plus it's a new thing that's Birth by Sleep point two, which is in the Kingdom Hearts three engine. That's a sequel to the PSP okay. game. Yes, oh yeah, I remember that the PSP game. A prologue right going into Kingdom Hearts three. That's what they had playable at E three. Okay, and that's awesome. Great, I get to play. It's essentially like Ground Zeroes. Sure. To okay. the Phantom Pain. Okay. So I'm like, all right, now cool. you speak my language. Getting some Kingdom Hearts. Now you're selling me on it. Sold. Totally sold on that shit. Final Fantasy seven remake. I totally thought we were going to see some trailer or something. I understand it's years out, but I still thought. I mean, that's just it's such an easy. Like cheap pop. Yeah. You know, PSX, they had way more than I thought they would show. Totally expected them to just keep throwing a little bit more. But again, Sony's conference was so strong that they didn't need it. Right. Save for PSX again. Yeah. Here's another five seconds from this game. That's five years out. Yeah. And they, they, speaking on Final Fantasy 7 Remake, they're saying that next time they talk about, they want to have a bit more substantial things to talk about. Sure. As in, like, you know, the people that were working on the game know that they're doing it. Hopefully they have that in order this time when they when they talk about the game. Mm-hmm. That was still the funniest thing I'd ever fucking heard in my life. I love that. Square's so weird. What a weird company. The yeah. Japanese like publisher developer arm is like starting to scare me a little bit. To be honest. Dreams. No, nah, not a huge surprise. Dreams. <laughs> no one knows what it is. So it's it's I think and I think that Media Molecule and Sony have heard the message loud and clear. Um, from us from a lot of people that no one knows what the hell this game is and uh you need to go make it now and they were saying i mean and they were saying and they were saying the same thing like that at, at gdc that like they were so concentrated on making the tools that they're going to make the game with the tools but they hadn't even made it as of gdc so you know like people are gonna get tired of seeing this game if the, and they Seems have like to no man's sky God, what the fuck and okay. they, they have to manage it in such a way that um that pe- that, that it will get that special pop that it needs. I assume you'll see the D3 next year. I assume that's a fall 2017. Yeah, I don't think, you, you think ugh, I guess, but I don't know if you'll see it at E3. I mean, maybe when it's finally ready to go and roll, sure, but they're going to save fa- face the same problems, right? Alex talked to GDC about them wanting to do a beta this year. And was, or maybe that was at PSX even, but it's going to be the same thing of like dreams that and everybody's going to be like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. I, I mean, I still, my, my take is still like they showed it to us and I appreciate the art artistic nature of the studio and they make good games and they know what they're doing. But, but uh think this is a huge mistake. Like, I, I think this is going to end up being a big mistake for them. I hope, and I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see how this even fits like into what PlayStation's trying to do. Like, what is the game? 
what is why would I want to play it? I understand it more now that they showed it to me, but it didn't make me want to play it anymore. Mm. It's it's old PlayStation. It's PlayStation three where PlayStation four is if you're going to talk about exclusives and stuff, it's everything you saw at E3. We're going to focus on these narrative driven, mostly third person. Here is this game. You can wrap your head around and what it is. Whereas this is very much still it's PlayStation three. We're toying around with things. We're doing different ideas. We're making art. Vita. Just Vita in general. Just Vita. I got a point off that. I knew that wasn't going to be there. First, uh, first, um, for at the Sony booth, first E3 since 2011 that, uh, so that, e, uh, that Vita was not at Sony's booth at all. Again, save her PSX. That's where that audience is. Why waste the time now? Why waste the show, show floor space now? Just to have people come by and go, oh, oh, Vita games. I don't care about these. Yeah. Deep down. I don't think deep down exists anymore. I played deep down. Um, in, this is the Capcom one, right? Yeah. In 2014. 13 is when it was first shown. Yeah. I think I played in 2014 um, with a, a Japanese woman who at the at TGS uh, standing next to me that had no idea what I was saying or doing, which is not a huge surprise because she didn't speak English. Um, I, I feel like that game uh, just doesn't is never going to come out and doesn't really exist. Like I, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I haven't read anything about it recently, but I just don't know. It wasn't even that interesting when I played it at all. So I don't know. We'll see. But I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if you never saw that game. Dead Island Two. No, that that just changed hands. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say that they they have a lot of work exploded on the hot plate, and now they're trying to put it back together with a new or you know a new team is coming at it. So yeah, I know. Beyond Good and Evil 2 wasn't at E3, but right after the Ubisoft press conference, our boy Eves Gimo Gimo. confirmed that it is happening, Yeah, still alive, and that the original creator, Michael Ansel, is working on it. I mean, the Ubisoft show was such a a tight two hours that you just couldn't fit another announcement in there. I don't think that you could have fit the thing that people cared about in there at all. So there's an awesome story I think Jason Try wrote on Kotaku about all the times that they promised that Beyond Good and Evil 2 was happening, going back to like 2009 or something like that. Game, who, first of all, who who wants this game? Like, like, Beyond Good and Evil is fine. I had it on Xbox, the original Xbox, and it was fine. Like, do we really need another Beyond Good and Evil? And then, so this Michelle Ancel guy... Uh, is not working at UB, but is working at UB. He's working on that game Wild. Oh yeah, Wild's the other game. So like, I'm like, I don't know that you're getting any, literally any of these games. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going. There's something weird going on with that guy and Ubisoft because he did the Rayman games, like the revival Rayman games that were really good. I think I think he was the director on those games. Um, and they were great. They were, amazing. but I, I think that, um. Something's amiss with Beyond Good and Evil 2, and he's not even at Ubisoft in a full-time capacity, I don't think, because he's doing that game Wild, which is not a Ubisoft game. Mm-hmm. So, and people were asking about that, like, where's Wild? And I'm like, I don't... Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your <laughs> breath for that one either. Just like you shouldn't hold your breath for what was that other game that was canceled from um, Tequila Works. Rhyme. Mm. So, although they apparently took it back and they're going to make it, so I don't know. Who cares? But when it's, Sony walked in and took their development kit, so like, all right, you're done. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. Beyond Good and Evil Two, like, I'll that's a game that is a game that I'll believe it when I see it, like when it's out, I'll believe it. We'll see. Beyond Good and Evil, I feel like is right up your alley, though. It's a good. It's a good. Game. I, I agree that it's like it's it's one of those weird games where it seems like people want it a lot more than I think it's the like, number of people actually do. It's like Mirror's Edge too. How similar. bad did you? Very really vocal it? group wants it, and it comes out. It's yeah. <laughs> Crackdown 3. That, that was, was surprising. That, that was, was really surprise. surprising. I'm ready for Crackdown. I'm excited for Crackdown. And yeah, you'd think it would be there, but shows how far out that game is. I yeah, Delayed to 2017. 
Rumored to be at Gamescom. Yeah, I'm sure so. it'll be a game. I was going to say, like, they have to manage the Gamescom kind of shit, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. A lot more shows to show stuff at. And CD Projekt Red said Cyberpunk 2077 wouldn't be there. Yeah. But that's... They made so much out. money that I don't know that they're not going to disappear for a little while. They had and Gwent, Gwent, bro. Gwent, Gwent was cool. there. Mm. Looks pretty cool. Gwent's coming out party. Um, but, uh... Shout out to everybody who says they ripped off my face for that one character. Yeah. Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk will come out when it's ready, and I think that they've earned the right to do that. Um... And uh, have certainly made the money to be able to afford to do that. That's well. years, though, away. Everybody needs to get realistic expectations right quick on that fucking game. Red Dead 3. No, I don't know why anyone thought this game was going to be announced. I have there no, was I a ton of rumors, man. I mean, it, I, we all know the Rockstar E3 thing, but like there was a lot going into it where people really thought this shit was going to be there. Yeah, I just don't. I just never believed it. I just was like, why would why would Rockstar ever do that? Right. That, that, like that made no sense to me. Like they'll announce it themselves. When do you think that'll happen? I still feel like that game's coming out this fall. I was, like, I, I, yeah, that's the thing. I could easily see the announcement within the next month and a half, two months. For this fall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, that'd be fucking cool. I still feel like they'll announce it, like they could announce it in August and release it in November. Something like that. Even early, maybe August and release in October. Something like I that. think before this year's, I don't know, I'm not so bully on them actually getting it out to shelves in the fall, but I think before this year's over, you're definitely going to hear the announcement and it's mm-hmm. going to be spring of next year. Last one here. Telltale's Marvel game. We heard about it a bazillion years ago, and then we right. heard nothing about it. Yeah. It's like I get that they're focusing Walking Dead, Batman, but, but yeah. Telltale's always been that type of thing where it's like, it doesn't matter if they're doing a whole bunch at once. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it is something to do with just maybe a deal somewhere with the DC Marvel thing about how they promote and when they promote right. and where these things are. And that's the other thing of just like, all right, cool, so... Batman's this standalone thing and it's going or whatever. The Marvel Universe, though, and the, the digital part of the thing, too, they've talked about wanting to work in tandem with the movies better, right? I, we know now, I, I should say, because I, I had to argue this point, that there's no way that Spider-Man game was going to be tied into the Spider-Man movie. They've confirmed that now. But I don't. I think Telltale is actually somewhere where it could fit of like, let's work it in. So you have to look down the line of what what movie would that work with? Is it the next Avengers? Do we put it out? I mean, I don't have the slate in front of me and you know, I'm not, I'm not as up on it. It's not gonna be Dr. Stranger. You would have already announced it. Yeah. Uh, when's guardians two? is, is it going to be, year. is it going to be a guardians thing one day? Like there's a million ways it could slice up and go, but if, and then of course, maybe it's none of that. Maybe it's a venom game. That's just a thing that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There, there's the thing about it is there's just so much to do with that Marvel brand that it could go anywhere, but I could see them being one of the developers to jump in and actually make a, movie tying game that doesn't suck right mm-hmm. let's fill in the gap of something somewhere yeah. but again it could easily be we're doing our own here's a fantastic four thing yeah oh man i hope not i know but i'm, I'm just saying like that's the thing I, it doesn't surprise me telltale is this brand that's everything but at e3 they need to focus on the next thing which yep. is batman that's the summer absolutely so speaking of focusing greg focus on me focus on cooking because you can now oh. thanks to blue apron blue apron they make home cooking accessible. They deliver you all these recipes. You can make all this different stuff. Your first three free if you use the promo code I'm about to tell you later. We're talking variety here. New recipes are created each week by Blue Apron's culinary team and are not repeated within a year. We're talking flexibility, Greg. Customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Choose delivery options to fit your needs. There's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. So for Kevin, it's all the time. He's <laughs> he has a delivery all the time. <laughs> it's easy. You fat little man. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow <laughs> recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. So you're asking me, Greg, what are the meals available in June? I can tell you right oh. now. Creamy shrimp fettuccine with sautéed green beans and spinach. I'm all over that. That's a good one. Sweet chili chicken with Tinkerbell peppers. Ooh. Okay. 
green beans, and jasmine rice. You're giving me jasmine and Tinkerbell in one thing. Sign me up, Blue Apron. The Disney Sign dish. me up. Spice steak and tomato avocado salad with creamy cone cabbage and red onion slaw. That's a lot of words, but I'm in. Yeah. Cool. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. They know that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of suppliers. Family-run farms. There's a lot of words here that I, I'm not even going to try to read. Fisheries and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, heirloom tomatoes. Blue Apron's bringing you the best of those heirloom tomatoes. Great. Heirloom. Heirloom tomatoes. Heirloom, heirloom tomatoes. See, I'm trying. I'm trying. We're, we're, we're right. happy to see you try. We're happy to see you try. Help me. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. You check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash funny. All right? Yeah. Just funny. Cool. Then you'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash funny. Blue Apron. A better way to cook. Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. Real talk. Blue Apron's awesome. I used it for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say things. that. I was going to say, like, I, I've heard good things about Blue Apron yeah. for sure. Is that well, here you uh, Kevin's chiming in with something. I really think it'd be funny to do an unboxing where he has to cook it. Tim does? Blue Apron oh thing, yeah. God. It's easy. I it, know, but he's real bad at cooking. I don't even think I, he can screw this up. That. No, I do. You've never seen me cook. I, I bet he's known you your entire you've life. Seen me cook. Yeah, and he's never seen me cook. I don't. Cook. I mean, he considers like making cereal cooking. I'm damn good at that shit. He's very good at it. How hard is it? Thing. You pour, pour the cereal into There's a cup a balance. and you drink. You eat the cup. You eat the cup. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. As always, this final topic brought to you by Patreon. So shout out to you, Steven Insler. You're the Patreon producer this month. And pretty much every month forever. Yeah. You're, you're he continues to sit there and do it. He's awesome. And I love you and support you as I look into Greg's eyes. Thank you. I love look, in, look into my eyes, but, but feel Colin, Colin and smell Kevin. No, I don't want to smell Kevin. Think about Nick. I please not. Oh, I'm thinking about I Nick. I smell that. Mm, it's debatable. No, it's not. It's Which right. part of it's you? It's not debatable. Oh. I found out yesterday his balls are really hot. You got them hot balls? Yeah. I came in. I came the thing in. And he, of course, shoves everything as close as he came to the door. So then I was like, I'll give him. I'll, this is what he wants, clearly. So I sat on him and then I rubbed my butt around on him. And I was like, oh, man, Ooh, your gross. balls are hot. <laughs> Damn. That's fucking erotic. I we went to Starbucks today and he got one of those chorizo sandwiches. Yeah. Which are good, but I can't stand them. And I realized today why is because of the smell. The smell smells like Kevin. And I don't like it. it he smells like me. chorizo. And then he's no the, the Starbucks chorizo. I don't know that it's real. I love chorizo. chorizo. It's I gotta smell Kevin yeah, more. It's good. But you uh, smelled my armpit. And he's like, oh, it smells like sweat. And I'm like, oh, Kevin smells like sweat. I don't. That's a lie. I get it. Remember he doesn't you smell like bo. There's a difference. Armpit? It's not the bo. It's I believe it. Like this, you smell it, and you're like, damn, you smell good. I think. Let's play Didn't live. Happen. Maybe don't okay. believe it. All right. This topic. All right. Of course. Brought to you by Patreon, all the Q&A, all that stuff. This one's brought to you by Prometheus and Bob over the Kind of Funny forums. If you have a topic for us, go to gamescast, nope, kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic. Leave your questions, just like my boy Prometheus and Bob did. It's a long one, but a good one. Wait, hold on. Kevin's like frantically pointing around and grabbing his phone all frustrated. Oh, and the Patreon people. Thank you very much. <laughs> Didn't know we were doing that today, but cool. You're, you're awesome. You make things happen. You get Kevin eating them chorizo sandwiches that I love smelling so much. Since we're putting a bunch of screen, we're doing a bunch of stuff right here at the front. Uh-huh. Kevin, put a frog face on me for the next five seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. That, Colin. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Prometheus and Bob ask, is Marvel about to take over the gaming world? Huh? Last week, 
Polygon spoke to Marvel Games Vice President Jay Ong and asked him if Marvel vs. Capcom fans would finally get some relief from his team, either in the form of a new game or a balance patch. His response was vague, but optimistic. There's nothing we can say at this time. Let's just say that we hear that a lot. We love our fans and we certainly want to please them. Beyond that, we can't say anything at this time, but who knows what the future holds. Marvel Games has a lot of things in the works, quite a few in the console space that are unannounced. What has been announced is a game set in the Marvel Universe from Telltale Games and a new Spider-Man from Insomniac Games for PlayStation 4. What do you guys think? The answer is yes. This goes back to, I've said it a lot this past week, but to bring you all up to speed, this goes back to you and I going to see Age of Ultron at that screening and Bill Roseman coming out and being like, what's up? I'm in charge of Marvel Games. Here's the two other guys who are doing this. We are out to make awesome games. We have not done that in a long time. We are aware of our shortcoming. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. We are out to fix this and make Marvel a force to be reckoned with in the video game industry the way it is right now in movies as it is on Netflix as it is on TV. And the first that was when they announced the Telltale game where I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. And now they're announcing this Insomniac game. And I think it's interesting because Insomniac for some reason to me means more than the Telltale one, but they're the exact same level of let's take our properties that we care about and give them to the people that make the best kind of games for those things. Mm -hmm. And this is, it didn't, I didn't understand the connection until Disney infinity died. And they're like, we're getting out of this. We're not going to do this anymore. And then it was like, it clicked of like, Oh, Marvel was just ahead of that in terms of like, okay, cool. We're not going to just go to Activision and say, here's a multi-year deal. If you get a game out every nine months, all right, great, cool. And then Beanox is making Spider-Man for Spider-Man for Spider-Man. Let's start really good and then go to garbage. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think we're just to the tipping point right now where you're about to see, and when I say about to see, I mean announcements you're about to see of all this start to pay off. What they, So far, we know Spider-Man, and that's it really, right? We know that something's happening at Telltale. We just talked about in the last topic. No idea what it is, but you figure if that's happening... What are the be- what think about the other best you know uh, developers that are making third person action games, first person whatever, and what could that apply to a Marvel property? Mm-hmm. Where does Iron that Man. go? Like imagine an Iron Man game that's good. Yeah, there's so much potential there. Yeah, hundred percent. The flight and all that stuff that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for all this. I I do kind of simultaneously worry, and I'm super excited for a world where there's a shit ton of Star Wars games and a shit ton of superhero games right. where all of the top developers are just making these games but right. it's like whatever as long as they're good and that's the thing as long if, if they take it to the way star wars has where it's like all right cool we have this property we're going to give it to a bunch of developers but we want them to be great like i mean think about like i know it's a long shot and i can't imagine it would have happened but you know like again rocksteady isn't owned by wb so like what if oh man what if there's a conversation going on over there of them taking on iron man or some other I mean, a daredevil game whatever mm-hmm. that'd be insane and that would be a game immediately that everybody's like yep on board with a thousand percent yeah what about what do you think, Colin? I don't know. I don't mean, so other than that, I think that the proper ma- the, it, the proper management of expectations and with games with Rocksteady and DC showed and Warner Brothers showed that you can get great games that aren't tethered to movies specifically, and people yep. still care about them. I think Marvel runs way more of a risk in the movie in every realm of oversaturating, and so um, like I think you have to be very careful with the things you choose to do and the developers you choose to do, especially because the gestation period of games is way longer um, than it is with a TV show or with even with a movie. So. Um, so you have to just make sure you're setting the seeds properly in a way that makes the most sense. But I think that you'll see more from them um, in the AAA space from developers that you know. And I think that's a smart thing to do. I would love to see a games universe, a Marvel games universe. Sure. It's not tied to the movies or the comics or whatever, but the Spider-Man game is related to Telltale games, is related to whatever else we got out there. Well, see, that's what's really interesting cool. from the, the previous topic we were talking about, right? And the fact that like we're talking about, yeah, the gestation period so long, right? Telltale can move quicker. 
does that mean they're working on something different than what uh, Insomniac's working on with Spider-Man? Exciting times. Go to the best people. Give them the best stuff. Ron Dean Barron says, I had bought Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein the next order at launch and quickly grew bored of it. Sorry. It's all inverse. Uh, I was very disappointed. Recently, I decided to pick it up again and realized I had just needed to get through the awful beginning to experience one of 2014's best games. My question is, have you ever been unhappy with the game, but then loved it after going back years later? Years? I don't know if it's ever been. I I remember the the best example, and it's not even a great example, is I played a whole bunch of Red Dead and then got to Mexico. I was like, Mexico's fucking boring and left. And then I remember, and the, usually when that happens, especially nowadays, if I leave a game, I'm never coming back, even if I have the best intentions of coming back. And I did come back to Red Dead, and I did get through it, and then it got awesome again, I thought, personally. Hmm. Final Fantasy VI took a lot for me. Yeah. I remember I started it, and it was, you know, I played ten first, and then I went back to seven, and then I played six. And for some reason, I, I played the first couple hours, and I was just like, mm, not for me. And then, like, years later, I went back, and now it's one of my favorites. Uh, Metroid Prime was similar, too, where I've started that game, probably six times before I actually went through mm, and beat mm. it all. Excellent game. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head because I moved so quickly that I rarely go back. Um, the last game I remember trying to go back to was Final Fantasy X and it didn't work out so well, so it's not quite the story he's talking about. But I told you, you just got to get through that intro in Wolfenstein and it's and then you're, 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 and then you're golden. SSJ Davey says, Hey Tim and the coolest dudes in video games. When PlayStation All-Stars were announced, everyone hated on it for being a Smash Bros. clone, even though it didn't play like Smash at all. My question is simple. Why don't Sony just rip off Smash property and say fuck it to the haters? Crash Team Racing did it to Mario Kart, and dare I say it, Crash Team Racing is better. So why not just coat Smash with PlayStation characters and let the great gameplay of Smash mix with PlayStation characters? Yeah, why That's what I'm saying. Why didn't it's too, they do it's too late. Yeah, no, 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 the ship's out of the port now, but back in the day. <laughs> I mean, that, it was earlier in the first time we were talking about Mighty Number no. 9. It's like, that's the problem. It's like, it's Smash, but it's not Smash. I wanted to like PS Battle Royale more than anybody. Great. Give me more Smash. And then you play it and you're like, this isn't it. It's not even almost there. It's just like pretending to be almost there. And I was like, damn, man. And there's no crash in that. Come on. Step your goddamn game up. Now what would happen in 2016. Crash would be there. You'd be hanging out and everybody would be happy about it. We and you're right. Crash Team Racing is better than Mario Kart. We fucking said it. Damn. It is. Not Everyone Double Dash. That. Oh, it's better than Double yeah. Dash. Absolutely. Chuck says, hey guys, I'm a big user of my local library. It's how I read all the Walking Dead, Saga, and Invincible. While searching for my next read, I came across Call of Duty Black Ops 3. I put a hold on it, and a week or two later, it was ready for pickup. I have now put Quantum Break on hold as well. As someone who creates art, I'm a performer at the Second City, I know what it's like to not always get paid for what you create. I feel a bit conflicted. Is it a dick move to consume someone's work without paying for it? Thanks, and I appreciate your hard work. Well, he's doing it the right way. I mean, it's a library. It's not like he's pirating other games. You figure there's... A barrier to entry for that. He has to put it on hold. He has to wait. The library only has one copy of Black Ops or something, one copy of Quantum Break. There's a difference there in terms of like somebody who goes up and like the whole entitlement. Well, I bought too many games this month. I can't afford another one, but I can go just download this game illegally and play it forever and be done with it. Uh, I mean, I think when he's not in the financial situation he is now, you pay it forward and you buy more stuff, right? That's what we always talk about where it's like, yeah. 90% of the games we get are free. So like when I do see something that I want and I, we're not getting it early, I'll go buy it. When I do, when I play a game and I'm not even sure if I'll ever get to what I want in the season pass, but I've enjoyed the game like the Witcher. I'll buy the season pass out of my own pocket. You know, like it's my way. I feel of contributing back to it. Mm-hmm. The system that we're yeah, in. That's my thing with physical games. It's like, usually we'll get the code or whatever, but I'm like, I want to buy this and I want the physical ones. So yeah. I get that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's 
obviously money is very important, but when these people that are making art want you to enjoy the art, I think first and foremost, at least a lot of them, depending on who it is. Sure. But I mean, I think we're a perfect example, right? Like I wouldn't call what we do art, but we are creating something and we put everything out for free, you know, in some way, shape or form eventually. Sure. And I think it's like, if you want to pay, pay, but otherwise just enjoy and spread the word. I think that there definitely is a value in liking something and telling people you like it and going from there. You even writing in talking about this is a good way to do that. You know, you it's kind of spreading your enjoyment. The analog to him taking games out of the library is taking books out of the library, which has been happening forever, where you could go and buy that book and, you know, it's great. You get it money, do this. They make more books, more second edition, da, da, da. I think it's in the same field where if we're if the library is meant to house works of art, you know, pieces of pop culture, or whatever, then this is fine. Tom Rosati says Tom Rosati. Hey guys, hey guys, first time posting. Just want to hear your thoughts on talks of the Vivendi takeover of Ubisoft. Do you feel it could hurt Ubisoft or help them? As much flack as Ubisoft gets, they make some really great games and allow for their smaller studios to create games like Valiant Hearts and Grow Home. Yves Gamont seems to be a very passionate CEO, and losing him seems like it would hurt the company as well. Also, that new Ghost Recon looks hella fun. Fuck yes, Thanks. it does. Keep on being kind of funny. You risk, whenever you go public, you risk hostile takeovers, so that's just inherent. It doesn't often happen, but it does happen. And if they're taken over by another company, things are obviously going to change for them. Um, I think you'll just have to pay attention to how things change at Gameloft, since that has already been taken over by Vivendi. Um, you also have to remember that Vivendi was in this space before with Activision um, and Blizzard, right? And in 2011, yeah. 2012, and they didn't it didn't seem to pan out too well for them. So um, I don't know that their partners that Ubisoft wants. Clearly, they don't want them, um, but they're going to probably get them. So um, it's fascinating yeah. to watch. I do think that it'll change what Ubisoft is because there'll be new people at the helm. You know, it'll be what is the most important thing. I don't think the games that are on the slate now you have to worry about, but you do have to worry about leadership changeover, people leaving, being forced out. What do you think it means for Beyond Good and Evil Two? I th- I hope somebody walks in like, no, nobody wants this. <laughs> <laughs> Final question comes from McBiscuits. McBiscuits. 8675. Hey guys, what's your opinion on the majority of PlayStation's big exclusives being third person action games? The Uncharted series and The Last of Us are amazing and very successful, but now most of their IP seems to be very similar. Days Gone, uh, you know, Horizon, blah, blah, blah. My favorite type of game, so I'm all for it. Go yeah, for it, it. it is It is weird, but like, what else are we going to have? Like, the only other perspective. The valid perspective in the shooty shooty boom boom kind of games is shooty shooty boom boom games first person shooters and they do those too with Killzone although we haven't gotten one recently I think that that's just the way a lot of games are played these days so they're not all the same like Days Gone and Horizon are open world role playing games uh, God of War is a more linear tighter action game um, The Last Guardian is not a third you know Detroit Become Human Detroit, is not yeah. going to give you the action experience so I think that like you would just have to kind of get a little deeper into the genetics of the games as opposed to just uh, looking at them aesthetically yeah they're all third person i mean it doesn't mean anything you're gonna mm-hmm. see second party partnerships like everything that happens with housemark bring you the arcade titles that are side scrollers or you know whatever 2.5 d yeah, matterfall yeah yep it'll be there don't worry there you go and paragon is there right now in beta access no Ladies one can tell you anything about the game though this has been the first ever episode 74 of the kind of funny games cast thank you very much for joining us we will see you next week this has been fun like i have never seen any of these characters you got Jax over here with his red arms, Scuba Man. This just looks like the, this looks like the Overwatch gorilla, but in a red outfit. Yeah, it kind of does look like Winston. I'm a nerd now. Deal with it, Greg. Hit me up on PSN at Tim Gettys. <laughs>